You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You, you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir, I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show of the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, if you'd like to participate in the show, please feel free to do so. The phone number to call in is 608-501-0718. New callers go directly to the front of the line. We don't have any new callers today, so let's start off with Aaron. Here, this is Aaron. Um, just a couple quick things. Um, so, usually every year I take like a break from football and just kind of like watch the games, but don't let it become too serious. And that's whether they're winning or losing. So it's not just because we're starting to kind of regress right now and suck a little bit, but it's just with a, usually comes around with a bye week, and we usually never have this early of a bye. So, sure. but I'm thankful for that. Anyway. Secondly, is we've talked to no end about how Jordan Love learned from Aaron Rodgers and whatever, and that includes the negative as well. Jordan Love spent a lot of time learning everything about how Rodgers plays, and what we're starting to see is kind of what the issues I have had with Rodgers over the last couple of years is trying to play hero ball, but Jordan Love doesn't have the experience or the talent yet to make the throws that Aaron Rodgers throws to, let's say, Devontae Adams and make it work. So that's kind of what we're starting to see is that we're starting to see the negative stuff that Jordan Love learned from Rodgers peaking, at least from my perspective. They at least have similar traits, whether that's because he learned it from Rodgers or that's just something that they have in common, I don't know. Um, and I, I, I had actually made this comment before in terms of I don't want him to play like Rodgers. I don't want him to do those things. One of the positives that I liked about Jordan is that, you know, although he has some of that sort of gunslinger mentality and he wants to sling it down the field, he's not afraid to do that. Like Rodgers liked to do it. You know, if he sees it, he's throwing it. Um, I like that he is more, I you know, I'm, I'm going to trust the scheme. I'm going to trust the design and I'm going to go in that direction. And now, you know, he's getting away from that. And and like you said, he's not executing to the level. I mean, you know, there was a lot of times Rodgers would sling it and it was stupid. There's a guy open and it doesn't get completed. But Rodgers was much closer to 50-50, whereas Jordan is like, I don't know, 5%. It's, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's all of the bad and none of the good. So that's kind of the problem right now. Hopefully he can start playing like Jordan loves, like he did right. in the first couple weeks. Um Hopefully he can develop, learn to develop his own game and not try to be more than himself and not get inside his head and think, oh, yeah, I'm great now. Hopefully he can take a step back and refocus over this bye week and see what do I need to do in order to win. Um, and, yeah, so that's that. 
But anyways, yep, I'm going to start my break. So I might not listen to the podcast for a while. I probably won't call in for a long time unless there's crazy news that happens. Um, so good luck with life and everything and hope all is well. Um, pet your dog for me. Bye. Peace. Appreciate the call, Aaron. Um, the heck was I going to say now? Um, you threw me off with <laughs> the extra outro there. Um, yeah, I mean, and and I think we're seeing more of. And and to be fair, I mean, I don't I don't want to pin it all on Rogers necessarily. I mean, obviously, either way, it's not Rogers' fault. Um, but the this is some of the stuff we saw with him in college sometimes. When things are going south, he just starts slinging it down the field. Just slinging it, slinging it, slinging it, playing hero ball all day long. So, I mean, that's a similarity with Rodgers that we saw prior to him ever even, you know, meeting Aaron Rodgers. But, you know, like you said, we just need him to be the other version of Jordan Love where he trusts, you know, lean on Matt LaFleur. Don't lean on yourself. You know, he needed to be that guy at Utah State. Because everything sucked there. I, I know things are devolving, and I know the offensive line isn't perfect. Um, might even call it subpar right now. But, there, like I said, I went back and watched it. There's guys open. Slow down. These, these are throws that you used to make that you're not making anymore. You've got Romeo Dobbs open across the middle and you're thrown into triple coverage. you got, you know, I forget who it was, somebody else. It might have been Dobbs again open and you're throwing down the field to Christian Watson, which in neither of those passes were even close to being completed. The the Jaden Reed pass was never going to be completed because, um, you know, he was triple covered. Christian Watson probably could have been completed, but the ball was not even anywhere near. I mean, it wasn't in the same freaking stadium, I don't think, as Christian Watson by the time it landed. We just got to slow down. There are options. There are guys open. Slow to, you know, they, 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 the defense can't hurt you before you snap the ball. So get a good read. Understand the offensive play. Understand the defensive, you know, alignment. And, uh, you know, get back to understanding where the ball needs to go and just getting it out and getting it there. We got to stop the panic. Because it's, it's, again, it's very similar to what we've been seeing, which is all of the bad Jordan Love and none of the good, which is just the worst possible scenario. So here's a fun fact that uh, Justice Mosqueda shared with uh, Andy Herman uh, just the other day. Um, and it boils down to what Green Bay is spending on the offensive line side of the ball. And it turns out it's like 70-something million. Don't quote me on exacts. But then the next team... I think he said was Baltimore Ravens, and they're spending a hundred and seventy million. So it's a hundred million dollars difference between the bottoms of the teams. So here's a team that is understandably young and young contracts, but the two guys that they're spending the most money on on the offensive side of the ball have only played one game this year. That's Aaron Jones and Bakhtiari, and we know Bakhtiari isn't playing for the rest of the season. But Aaron Jones has been pretty much absent due to the hamstring. So the two guys that had the most money wrapped up in hasn't even played at all. So perspective, I think it lends us to believe that uh, I, we've got a long way to go. And 
I guess I'm struggling to know what the big takeaway from that is. I mean, it's it's not that upsetting when you're not spending any money, but the guys at the top of this list of almost no money being spent aren't playing. I mean, it sucks, but, you know, I, 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 I guess I'm coming from the standpoint of, you know, a lot of the whole, well, you're not spending any money on offense, and I know this isn't exactly the point you're making, but it's it's not... It has nothing to do with the value of the offense. They're rookie contracts. If you gave them contracts based on what they're actually worth, it goes up. So um, it's not about, well, you're not spending any money, therefore they must be bad, therefore whatever. So, you know, I'm looking at a team that has talent and has the ability to execute at a much higher level than they are. And making the excuse that two guys are injured is a lame excuse. And, um, you know saying that we're not spending enough money again i know these aren't exactly the points you're making but that's kind of what i'm saying is i don't i don't fully know the takeaway which would provide perspective away from the point that is you guys are playing like dog crap it's unacceptable and you need to play better you know injuries happen it's that's that's a part of life you know aaron jones has had injury problems in the past i think his first three years he was constantly injured um yeah, he's missed quite a quite a bit of time, but he's also a running back, right? We have a healthy quarterback. We have four out of five healthy offensive lines. We don't have a lineman. We have don't have a single uh, receiver, whether it's tight ends or anybody else that's injured right now. And and since we've been getting guys back, we got Elton Jenkins back. We got Christian Watson back. We've been getting worse. So you know, I I just I don't know. I mean, I I'm sure there are a couple takeaways. I'm not exactly sure what they would be, but. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, again, I don't know what is the thing that we learn from that moving forward. Don't spend money on offense or that we need to spend more money on offense. I'm just, I'm not entirely sure. Growing pains are almost too much for me to bear, but I understand they're growing pains. So, well, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I just, I don't like that. Like it's growing pains. That's, that's a bull crap excuse. I'm not, again, I don't, I don't mean to come down on you, Garrett. I just, I, I'm not, I'm not accepting that. Like, well, this is just this is just what has to happen. No, it's not. No, it's not. People don't have to forget how to play football. I mean, how is it growing pains for John Runyon? These aren't growing pains. He's worse. How is this growing pains for Elton Jenkins, who's playing his worst football? How is this growing pains for Josh Myers or Zach Tom? How is this growing pains for even Jordan Love? We have never seen him play this bad since the since he played against the Chiefs. This isn't growing pains. This is everybody just playing like crap. How is this growing pains for AJ Dillon, who's having his worst season? I'm I'm not I'm not accepting that. I'm just not. And and I know everybody there, there's a whole bunch of like like we just need to calm down. This is expected. No, it's not. No, it's not. Like if if there's, you know, Musgrave running the wrong route, that's that is expected growing pains. AJ Dillon not knowing how to run footballs and um, you know, uh, Jordan going backwards and the offensive line going from one of the best offensive lines to one of the worst offensive lines. These are not expected growing pains. That's, that's, I'm sorry, that's complete BS and I'm not accepting that and I'm not just going to make excuses for this team based on some BS platitudes. I'm not doing that. Well, we knew this would happen. No, bull crap. That's bull crap. And I'm not giving them that leeway. And they're not, they shouldn't be getting, if they're giving themselves that leeway, I know the coach isn't. I'm sure the players are not giving themselves that. But if they are, that's BS. And I'm, I, I would expect them to expect better of themselves. I expect the coaches to expect better of themselves. And I expect the fans, honestly, to expect better. 
You know, young guys are going to make a couple little mistakes. But Justin Jefferson didn't come into the league and, and need time to grow. In fact, there, there's a lot of really good players that didn't need time. I mean, Christian Watson was better last year. And yeah, a lot of that probably has to do with, number one, the injury, and number two, Jordan Love. But I mean, it's just, I'm, I'm, I'm not accepting that. I'm not, I don't want to hear about growing pains. I don't. As the team is getting worse every single week and is forgetting how to do basic little things, can't throw to wide open guys, can't block garbage pass rush, not accepting it. Sorry. I'm just not. It is what it is. But I just thought I'd share that fun fact to gain a little perspective of just how young this team is and how little no. money has been spent on that side of the ball. I'm out. Well, uh, and again, that the the money thing, I'm not I'm not buying either because that's just because they're young and they're on rookie contracts. That that has nothing to do with the lack of talent. It doesn't. Again, this was a this has been for a long time a top three offensive line, and that's not because of David Bakhtiari because David Bakhtiari hasn't hardly played in three years. So that has nothing to do with the, the uh, you know, pe- people are trying to make a false equivalence between the lack of money means a lack of talent, and therefore this is, should be expected, and that's not true. The amount of talent we, we, is not being reflected in the cost because we haven't seen the true cost because the true cost doesn't come out until they get off their rookie contracts. So it's just that they're young. It has nothing to do with the talent. So we can't look at the the amount of money not being spent and say, see, th- these are really bad players and so you shouldn't expect anything. No, th- there's plenty of talent to be playing significantly better than they are. And if we're going to play that game where we pretend that there's no talent, then Jordan's got to go, the offensive line's got to go, the receiver's got to be replaced, the tight ends. I mean, we're not, we're not spending money on receivers. Do we have to replace them? Well, no. Why? Well, because we know that they're good enough. It's not to say maybe we wouldn't want to add one, maybe at some point, we don't know. But again, this is this is just all these are outs that we're giving the team, and I'm I'm not playing that game. I'm not doing it. I'm I'm not giving them these cheap excuses that they don't deserve. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. Yo, it's Jimmy. Hey. Um I have a few thoughts. Uh some profound maybe nah nothing profound coming out of this mouth right now but uh some little ones the big ones um little ones why is it udfa undrafted is one word it should just be ufa it really irritates me udfa undrafted those are not two different words ufa (laughs) that's that's my argument also you've been saying a lot of things should be burned with fire recently i've noticed and i'm just wondering what else would you burn something with? I mean, I don't know. You burn it with ice. I'm getting, granted, I'm irritable because of all this Packer bull hooey, but, uh, you know, I'm just saying, like, I guess you could burn something with acid, theoretically. Yeah, but acid, ice, there's a lot of things. It just feels a little redundant, with. just no, saying. Um, so, anyway, I'm not going to try to convince you of my next thing because I don't think that's going to happen, but I'm just... I'm going to start saying burn it with acid just to prove you wrong from now until eternity going to say um i'm looking forward i'm tired of looking backward at this game just like you said we should burn it with fire um just like the detroit game burn it with ice Uh, like there's nothing we can learn from it um it was just bad so i want to look forward and i guess one one last thought before i start looking forward. uh one backward thought is 
much like you keep saying, um, people overreact and whatnot. We're not that far away from being like, this is like our only loss of the year that we played like we didn't have a chance. And even then we had a chance. So it's kind of weird. Like, and I feel like everybody's on the defense, but the defense doesn't give up very many points. And, um, you know, everybody seems to be, I think, forgetting a little bit, not you necessarily, but everybody who's overreacting about, um, you know, the idea that we're just trying to figure out what we've got right now. Now, that's what this year is about. And it's true. If these games had gone in the other direction, we'd feel a lot better, which to me, I don't know if you can really base, I know we don't have a lot of, a lot of anything to base anything on, but how much can you really say they're regressing after four games? Like they're just figuring it out and they're just trying to figure it out. And I know it's not trending in the right direction, but it's like such Well, that's what regressing means, but yeah. Just short trend too. Um, with these new players and this new stuff. And finally, I will say, I think Jordan is just getting in his head a bit. Uh, I think that's slowing him down. I think he's like trying too hard. It's like when you're a right. baseball player. And, you- and, and and again, part of the problem is that's what he did in college. One of the biggest issues that I'm having with Jordan, aside from the fact that he's just not playing good football and uh, almost never has. I mean, again, everybody wants to give him a massive amount of credit because of these other games where he didn't really grade out very well. They want to give him a ton of credit in these preseason games that he really was kind of making a lot of the same mistakes in those games too, is the fact that he's showing that to some degree he's still the same guy he was in college, and that's a problem. The whole thing with him is he's he's got a lot of talent, and we can break those bad habits that he had in college. And he didn't he hasn't played in college in, what, five years? And he still is playing like the same guy. That should terrify people. And, and you know, I understand that it's not, and okay, fine, but it does me. Um, and, 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 you know, again, it's like, well, we don't know. I, I understand we don't know, but again, we still have to try to take the information we have and draw the best conclusions that we can. And I have no information that is positive. And so, I mean, listen, I have to do a podcast every day, twice a day. What is it I'm supposed to say? Like, I, I get that there's general frustration with the negativity. What would you like me to say that's positive? Other than just making excuses. Well, they're young. Well, they're figuring it out. It sucks, and they are regressing. And Jordan has done nothing to prove that really he's the guy, aside from, like, showing a couple flashes once in a while, although none of those flashes are downfield or having to do with... I don't know, anything other than a couple short passes across the middle, I guess, which excites everyone because we feel like Rodgers didn't do that enough. Um, and the offensive line suddenly is not the solution, and the uh, wide receivers haven't proven to be necessarily elite, but you know maybe good, possibly. We haven't really seen Christian. Uh, we've seen a little bit of Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs, and... Um, you know, we, we miss Aaron Jones, but he won't be here for much longer, so that's not great. And A.J. Dillon, I think we've all given up on uh, this year specifically, not any year prior to this. And uh, the defense we've kind of given up on. But, I mean, aside from that, you know, who knows? Like, things could change. It's possible. Like, yeah, I, I know. I know it's possible. That's true. I guess, I don't know. I, I, I should try to do an episode that way and just see how it turns out. Like, yeah, who knows? It might be good. I can't provide any information to back that up but i mean 
Sometimes things change, right? I'm sure I could find a team that had bad players and and bad um, stuff that got better and things turn. I mean, you could even look at the Packers last year. Granted, it wasn't quite this bad, I don't think. Um, And we didn't turn it around until way too late. And even then, we kind of imploded at the end anyway so that there still wasn't a whole lot of hope. But, I mean, you know. Things could change, and I've, I've already said that that's possible, but I'm not going to give them credit for a future that could potentially happen that hasn't happened yet. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You get up there with the thought that you need to hit a home run. You swing too hard. I, I, I know that you've got a lot of evidence that what he's doing right now, he's been doing for years and years and years. Right. Um, but he's in a different situation. Uh, Lafleur is in a brand-new situation. Part two. But but again, before we get to part two, um, that doesn't make things better. You know? I mean, it's it's a new scheme, new coach. He's been sitting behind one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and it's the same guy. That's not a good thing. Three-minute monster got me. He did. Anyway, um, LaFleur has had to deal with, in his entire head coaching professional career, like a weird situation where he... Um, you know, had to kowtow to Rogers and kind of massage egos and things like that. And now he's in the place where he's supposed to be the alpha. He wasn't the alpha before, that's clear. And now he's supposed to be. And I guess we're all going to find out if he's able to be. Um, but I think it's a new challenge for him. And so I think it's going to take a little bit for him too. So my hope is, I hope, I don't necessarily believe this, but my hope is yeah, mine that too. they start to figure it out as the year goes on. And that we all, kind of like the Lions last year, we all have a real good feeling going into next year as they figure out what they can do um, as opposed to trying to do what they can't do. Um, so I'm looking forward to Denver. Hey, you know, I know the Raiders are supposed to be a good right game, but, you know, we got right. Denver. <laughs> it's just as easily the next get right, right game. game. Um, so let's hope for that. Go back, go. Yeah, and one of the things I always try to do because you get too high or get too low whenever you know these things happen. Especially even even if you're trying to stay balanced, when it's slightly negative but not too negative, but you do that twice a day for now basically two weeks because of the bye week, it it's going to come across as massively negative. And you try to I try to remind myself like what happens if they come out of this bye and just tear everything up, and Jordan is dominant and the offensive line is dominant and everything's great. Like, are you going to regret everything you've said? And I remind myself of that, and that's why I always try to constantly put in these caveat caveats, like you know, it could get better, it could da 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 da. da. Um, so allow me to do that again. I'm I'm fully accepting that things can improve. I've I've already said numerous times that um, you know, we've seen the positives from Jordan, and I've got excited about Jordan and 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 the things that he's been able to do. Uh, the 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 issue that I'm having is that there's a big pile of bad and a big pile of good for Jordan, and the good disappeared, and that was my fear coming into it, is that if that goes away, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in football. That has gone away now. And it's like, well, he might, you know, get back to where he was before. It's like, well, where he was before wasn't good enough either. So even if he can overcome this, which isn't a guarantee, we're still back to the old Jordan, which wasn't quite good good enough but then maybe that jordan can get better and then we have an elite core like well yeah dude for real like that could happen and maybe aaron jones coming back could really fix some stuff and you know the coaches can kind of figure out some things that are working a little bit more and 
you know, I don't know. Would like all this stuff, yeah. And I'm not rooting against the team. I'm I'm just I'm just trying to see things the way that they are um as best as I can. And I'm not trying to be negative or emotional. I just I'm just seeing it as I see it. And you know, usually me and the callers are in pretty strong agreement, but it it's it's obvious right now that that's not the case. And I think a lot of people want to make a lot of excuses and you know everything's going to be fine and we don't need to overreact and I I get all that everything could be fine but I can't do a podcast where I just say eh maybe things will get better I'm not doing that you know I'm just going to call it as it is for now and um I guess just hope that next week the Packers annihilate the Broncos and we can move forward with a more positive look at things as they currently are and I can talk about how Jordan Love did show that he can do these things. And, you know, there was a good amount of pressure and he handled the pressure well and he was reading the defenses. And I think that bye really helped him. And, uh, you know, he, he got into a great rhythm with Christian Watson finally, which is something this this offense and Jordan and Watson have desperately needed. And Aaron Jones came back and was a major, you know, improvement. And the offensive line was kind of the offensive line again. Um, I, I hope that that's what we're talking about next week. Uh, with with the only negatives being some people calling in saying you need to calm down. It was the Broncos, and it's like, well, okay, yeah, I I get it, but still, they did the things that they needed to do. So I I'm gonna be happy about it. Um, I I don't know. I again, all I can say is I, I just we can spend a little bit of time talking about things potentially getting better, and I've done that in the past where it's like, hey, you know, here are some teams that started off this way, and here was the best case scenario, and they went to the playoffs, and they did all these things, and, you know, we still get a long week ahead of us. I'm sure I'll take a day to do that, or a half a day, or quarter a day, or whatever, but I don't want that to just distract and become the the major narrative. Like, well, because maybe possibly, potentially, one time in history ever, this thing happened, that should be our outlook. Because, again, I, I just see a lot of stuff that is wildly unacceptable. And um, I'm just, I don't know, like I said, I'm just, I'm not not going to make excuses for that. Well, one more thought of optimism, we go. Um, which is just, you've mentioned it before, if they are treating Jordan Love with kid gloves and playing the season to, like, win games, as quote-unquote, as opposed to, like, seeing what they've got. That's a problem. Well, that clearly isn't the case because Jordan Love is like throwing deep down the field more than almost any quarterback in football. It is one of the more aggressive offenses that, um, certainly more aggressive than we were with Aaron Rodgers. So I don't, I don't think I said that. I don't know who's saying that they're treating him with kid gloves, but I don't think that's the case. I think Jordan Love is playing exactly Jordan Love football, and we're seeing exactly what we got in Jordan Love. And so my hope is they come out of this um, by with the gloves off and maybe not all gas, no brakes because we've seen Jordan. Maybe, maybe LaFleur can be all gas, no break. Cause right now I think LaFleur's got it. He's riding the brake a little bit. You know, he's limiting everything to like playing a little scared. So maybe LaFleur can come out. Well, and, and like I said, it's hard to tell, but as I was going through the game, if you listen to the one from today, I guess it would be, that came out, the second review, you started to see things. It wasn't the first half of the game. It was in the second half of the game. We started to see a lot more um, taking options away from Jordan. So this certainly hasn't been an all-year thing. 
This was a Jordan is not playing very well. And again, I don't even know if that's the case. It might not have even been the case to begin with. But you started to see a lot more, um, you know, cutting the field in half, one read, you know, wide receiver screen type of stuff, as opposed to just giving them the whole field, which generally is the way that uh, he had been playing. So, um, you know, I again, I think the general, the, the, the way that it's been all year is just cut loose and in fact matt lafleur has been digging deeper into his bag than we've ever seen so he has been more all gas no break than we've ever seen i think matt lafleur we got freaking flea flickers and all kinds of crazy stuff he's going he's running wild right now i I almost feel like the the aaron Rodgers limiter was taken off all the stuff that rogers like no that play's stupid we're not doing that matt's like dude i'm doing what i'm doing all this stuff i've always wanted to do i mean tennessee they were like no that's a little crazy and now i'm the play caller and the head coach and I don't have Rodgers telling me no. I'm doing all the stuff I've always dreamed of. And um, again, I don't think I remembered seeing them kind of dial back until like the third quarter, mid-third quarter of that last game when suddenly it's... And it wasn't even necessarily a lack of creativity. It was just finding ways to slow things down for Jordan Love. You know, putting three receivers out all to the left side of the field and having him roll out to the left. And even then, you know, again, he had a guy open and didn't throw it. But yeah, but I, I mean, I don't know what the right answer is now. Do, do you come out of the bye saying, okay, we're just going to throw that out and go back to all gas, no break? Or do we continue to try to make things simple for Jordan Love? I don't know the answer to that. I would assume you'd want to get back to playing aggressive to some degree, maybe tell him to stop throwing so deep down the field all the time unless you got somebody open like wide open and even then it's a question mark so i don't know i don't know the answer but we will have to see i mean to your point um i think you could easily make a case for just take the gloves off and sink or swim with jordan love you know don't make things unnecessarily complicated but run your offense the way you want to run your offense and see if jordan love can be the guy to execute it or not so I think, uh, again, to your point, that's probably the best way to go moving forward. All gas. Let Jordan use the brakes effectively right. when he's reading the defenses and reading the situation um, and not just gunslinging it all over the place. But, uh, but I do think that part of the issue has been, we've all noted, the lack of creativity. I think they're trying to dumb it down a bit to, like, like Aaron said last year, keep it like, simplify, but it's too simple. And it's getting Jordan in his head. I think that's part of what's contributing to it. So I think uh, maybe we can. Well, I mean, if it's if it's overly simplistic, he probably shouldn't be up in his head. I don't. I don't think that it is. Um, I mean, if, if by simplistic you mean it's it's a very basic route concept, and the guy's wide open, and all you got to do is throw it to him, and he's not throwing it, I guess that's simple. Um, but I just you know, without being an expert in offensive play calling by any stretch of the imagination i went back and watched it and i don't see any real problems with anything that they did um and again i I think if there was any issue and i thought we kind of agreed on this um up until recently when we've all decided the play calling was the problem it was that maybe we're getting too creative like we got tight ends coming across the formation trying to block guys and stuff like okay we're getting a little too cutesy we need to get back to just playing like normal football but i you know whatever every everybody's got their own assessment of what they're seeing out there um you know we're we're all kind of fractured into our own little camps at this point and um 
We'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll just we'll see how it goes moving forward. I don't know. Get some more up tempo. Maybe we can get some more rollouts. You know, I think someone else just said that. You know, get Jordan moving around a little bit. Yeah, and and I mean, again, there was quite a bit of that last week, and I don't think there was a ton of success. Uh, we saw, you know, Jordan almost got blasted on a rollout. He had the other rollout where he did stiff arm Max Crosby, but again, he had a guy wide open. He didn't throw it which isn't great, you know, especially when you make it that simple. You got three guys just at three different levels, but they're all in your line of sight. One of them's open with his hand waved in the air, and you decide to take off and run, which ended up being okay aside from the penalty part. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I again, yeah, we should bake some of that in, as we have been, even last week. Um, but I, I think we're we're asking for things to happen that were happening and wasn't helping last week. And I, I think if we go back and look at it, you're going to see it like, like you know, saying before, like, we're, we're not using motion. Where's all the motion? Like, bro, there was motion almost every single play. I think we're just sort of misremembering how the game went because of the frustration. And so I would encourage, if possible, if you have the ability, um, for, for as many people are frustrated, if you're going to form opinions or, you know, really firm opinions, make sure you go back and try to verify what you saw because it's very easy, especially when you're frustrated, to misremember how things went. Um, I know that happens all the time for me. So it's just, it's not the worst idea, especially, you know, because we start to spiral and then we talk to people on social media and we start to build even more opinions and it'd be better to just, uh, you know, make sure we confirm what it is we think before we fully cement our opinions. Um, let him be an athlete um, and, and just keep him out of his head and in his, in, in his body uh, making plays. So anyway, that's my last thought. Thanks. Go back over. Yeah, and, and again, I think one of the biggest issues last week was it didn't matter what we did, it wasn't working, right? Whether it was an offensive line failure, a running back failure, a tight end failure, receiver failure, or quarterback failure, I, I, again, I, I feel like Matt LaFleur got so deep into his bag, ran every concept, every, I mean, we, we've got, you know, one, no tight end, one tight end, two tight end, three tight end. We've got two tight end sets with one of the tight ends is a running back. We've got bunch formations. We've, we've got motion, no motion. We got, you know, pre-snap, post-snap. I mean, just all kinds. I mean, every single thing you could possibly envision from a formation alignment um, motion, misdirection, every kind of thing was was tried. We we tried cutting the field in half, screens, deep pass, short pass, intermediate pass, and there was really nothing that was consistently working. Aside from a couple times, the running was working, and and again, two. Even back when I conceded, maybe the play calling was terrible. Before I went back and looked at it, I said the one thing that that I really appreciated is when the running was working, they stuck with it. Um. So, and, and I maintain to their credit, that was great. And then as soon as it stopped working, it's like, all right, let's just go back to running the, the offense like normal. Um, but I, I just, from what I could tell everything they tried, it just, it just wasn't working. And, and I don't know what you do at that point when you're doing things, you're doing what I determined to be the right things and they're just not being executed. Anyways, we're running a little long there. I wanted to get through, uh, the three calls but let's take a quick break we'll come back and hear from kyle from madison passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive 
eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Ryan. Kyle from Madison. What's up, buddy? What up? Okay, I'll disagree with your... Your Jordan Love. Game. I know. Everybody else is. Because I think just as somebody that says, like, it's not his fault at all, you know, they're they're wrong. And I think you can I think kind of what you're doing a little bit is it's all his fault. Well, come on now, let's be fair. I clearly I just five seconds ago said that the offensive line failed, the tight ends failed. I I I, I mean I know this was after, this was yesterday, you're calling on Friday. I said everything from the catching, the blocking, the running, and the throwing, is to blame. What I am saying, though, is that it was mostly Jordan Love's fault. I think if you put in a moderate quarterback, a game manager, we win the game. You cannot tell me three quarterback, three interceptions doesn't make the difference in a four-point game. And then I went back and watched it, and I saw wide-open guys all day long, and he didn't throw it. And when he did, it was inaccurate, or to the wrong receiver. I'm sorry, I know nobody wants to hear this because we've got to circle the wagons around Jordan Love and, and well, we got to find nuance all the time. Well, technically, the offensive line struggled to block and, well, technically, there was a run game. Well, the play calling was abhorrent and we, we, we make every excuse in the book to say, yeah, it wasn't the greatest game, but, I mean, come on, let's just slow down a little bit. I'm not going to slow down. That was, that was again, I, I spend every opportunity going after Justin Fields that I can. Very rarely have I ever seen Justin Fields have a day, a day that bad for a quarterback. If I'm going to sit here and not criticize him for having a, not just a rough game, a, a slightly below average, that was a putrid game. I'm, I'm just, I'm a, a complete hypocrite. I, I, again, when I went back and did the reviews, Elton Jenkins got under my skin. Josh Myers got under my skin. Uh, certain guys were kind of annoying. Jordan Love was horrific. So, yes, he was the biggest problem. And I, I do not think by any stretch of the imagination that's debatable. Right. I know you're not saying that, but 
man, I mean, the quarterback positions, it's just so, it's so easy to give them all the credit and all the blame and nothing in between. Um, and I know you're not really doing that, but I think it's coming off a little bit like that. And well, I, that, I, I, I will stand 100% by he was the biggest problem. And I would love to hear anybody else find a bigger excuse than the guy that threw pit, three picks, three, two horrific picks, and one pass that never should have been thrown that ended up a pick. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. Again, I, I, I get the, you know, we loved two, three weeks ago. We loved Jordan. He was the guy, and now we really, really like we're all in on Jordan, and nobody wants to be out on Jordan. And you don't have to be out on Jordan, but don't defend this garbage. This this is this this performance right here is of a guy that is going to be out of the league in a couple of years. We cannot be okay with this, right? If if this is just a one-off, great. That's fine. The problem is it's already been multiple games of him starting to look like this. But if if he comes out looking great, fine, and and I will say that. And if he has, if he was the best player in the game, I'm going to say he was the best player in the game. I'm always just going to say what is and what was in that game is that he was the worst player. Offense, defense, coaches, whatever. He was the biggest liability on that field. And again, I know nobody wants to say that because we want to love Jordan Love. We want to believe he's the guy. And and I'm, again, he might be. I don't know. But I'm not going to say anything else because that's just the reality. It wasn't the play calling. It wasn't A.J. Dillon. It wasn't even the offensive line's fault. Because, again, he didn't perform well when there wasn't pressure. And he was even worse when it was under pressure. You don't have to be that bad under pressure. So I'm just, I, I, mean, I, get, I get that sometimes we're not going to agree. But I would l- love for everybody to go back and watch the game again. And tell me, find find a single person that you want to blame more. And if you want to say Matt LaFleur, fine, but you got to back it up with something. Not just say, I think it was the play calling because it didn't work and therefore it must have been the play calling. You got to give me something. So, you know, again, I, I get that everybody's mad at me because I'm coming down hard on Jordan Love, but that is my assessment. Other people, I, I'm guessing, I haven't really been listening to a lot of other Packer stuff recently. Um... I'm sure there are a lot of people out there with different assessments and they're blaming a bunch of other people. That's fine, but but again, I'm I'm being very clear clearly on um what I believe the issue is. I I've only had a chance to watch a little bit of the film. I'd like to go on like YouTube and see some of the like the quarterback school breakdowns and stuff like that. I haven't got to yet. But in just I don't know, 15 plays or so that I've watched um again one thing that, that I think it just has to be noted, other than this team on offense can't seem to get everybody to do the right thing on the same play. It's like we get the good throw, but then the receiver you know doesn't catch it or runs the wrong. Again, good throw was almost there were almost there were very few good throws, and the drops didn't happen until like the fourth quarter. It was like three plays in a row, and I get that that's not good, but we're talking three plays. How many throws were there? And 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 one of the drops was not a good throw. Um, at least one. I don't exactly remember the others. Uh, the Christian Watson one was kind of tough, but that was a good throw, I believe, although he was kind of geared down. Um, the other one to Dobbs, I don't exactly remember. I believe that was a good throw. I don't know. The, the Musgrave should have been caught, no doubt, but I'm not going to call that a good throw because it wasn't. Um, so, I, I, again, I just, I don't know. 
I'll, I'll, I'll let you give your perspective. That's fine. But it, it just, it just, every call to me sounds like excuse making. I, I mean, I can totally understand why Love has a little bit of the yips right now. He's has to process more stuff. Guys aren't really running always the right routes. There was one example of that. One example of guys not running the right route. There was Musgrave who ran a little bit too deep down the field. And again, the problem with that, the whole, you know, Musgrave running the wrong route is number one, you still could have thrown it to Musgrave. And number two, he had Romeo Dobbs open across the middle and he chose to throw it to triple covered, um, uh, whatever his name is, Jaden Reed. And the only reason that wasn't his fourth pick of the day is because it was such an unbelievably inaccurate pass that nobody could have ever gotten there. <laughs> I mean, are you getting my issues here with this? And again, we, you, rather than pointing out how bad Jordan Love is, we're talking about three drops that didn't even occur until like the third quarter. Like the, the game was 75% over before the first drop of the game. And we have one example of a guy running the wrong route, and we're extrapolating that into nobody can run the right routes. Everybody's so young. Everybody's dropping. No, no, no. That's not the story of this game. And his quick, quick rip throws kind of haven't been there, whatever reason. So that's one thing. He's thinking too much. Yes. But also, I mean, there was a couple plays, all right? I don't know if it's considered max protect, but there was one play where they kept the running back two tight ends in, and the Raiders only rush four. They dropped seven. Actually, this happened more than once. And the running back and the tight end are trying to, like, block Crosby, and it was just Keystone Cops. They're running into each other. They don't block him. Love eludes the pressure okay. But now you basically have three on seven, except one of the guys, I can't remember who it was, maybe Taylor. Somebody took himself out of the play by just running directly at uh, DV and just basically took themselves out of the play. So you've got two on six with Crosby coming free because he just totally blew that block. And I don't even remember the outcome of the play, but there was a couple like that where you're like, okay, you know, what is he supposed to do <laughs> in that situation? Uh, so I, I just think like, man. That- well, I mean, I don't, I don't know that play. And yes, there was, there was uh, pressure. There's no doubt about it. And there was more pressure than, there should have been, but he was still unpressured on like 70% of his, his dropbacks and he did not perform. And, and again, he performed less optimally than you'd like him to. Now, maybe on that particular play, nobody was open. I saw like, you know, a handful of times where Jordan just didn't have any options and there was, and and I, I, I don't have any negative thoughts toward Jordan Love on plays in which he didn't do you know, I mean, if there's nothing for you to do, then there's nothing for you to do. As long as you get the ball out of your hand, throw it away or something, um, then that's certainly not a knock against Jordan. But, um, I mean, there are other times where it's like, well, what is he supposed to do? Well, I don't know. Was there a guy open down the field? Was Christian Watson's hand waving in the air and he could have thrown it and he didn't? I don't, again, I don't know what play you're talking about, but there were situations where, you know, again, I understand that it's tough. It's, it's not great, and the offensive line deserves a lot of blame. There's no doubt about it. But you cannot have a quarterback that if there's pressure, then um, he can't perform. Because remember, one of the problems coming into this was Jordan Love looks really good, but he is seeing less pressure than like any quarterback in history. Like It's, it's not like low. It's like zero pressure. So that's unrealistic, and that's not going to continue. So the question was, what happens when he sees like a normal amount of pressure? And now he's seeing a 
barely slightly above normal pressure rate and it's just crumbling. So, yeah, I mean, listen, can he just calm down and get back into it and everything's... Yeah, yeah, maybe next week it starts the the great revival and everything else. And I'm sure everyone's going to come out and say that, see, you're an idiot for overreacting, even though that's not what I'm doing. I'm just saying what is, and I've said a thousand times that potentially things could get better. But, um, again, I, I just... You know, you may have pointed out a play in which you're you're absolutely right because not every play was his fault. I absolutely not. There were plays that he did well. There were, and I pointed them out on the reviews. Like it was it was beautiful, like Jordan Love execution. Most of them were those those quick out routes where it's just you read the defense, you understand the offensive play, you know why we're calling that play. That's that's part of having a really good understanding of the offense. And I think he has that, which is great. He has such a firm understanding of the offense that he can understand not just what's being called, but why it's being called. And, um, you know, so then he would he would read the defense, he would understand, and then it's just one, two, three, throw, and it's a beautiful throw, and we're converting third downs. Like, it's it's perfect. It's awesome. Uh, there, there just was not enough of that. There was, you know, three, four, five times, which is, which is great. Uh, again, I'm not saying every play was bad, but it was just... It was it was a really bad overall performance, and he was the biggest issue in my opinion. That's again, I, I know I've said that a thousand times. I just I don't know how else to answer at this point other than, you know, the, the, was the offensive line bad? Yes. Do they deserve the blame so that we should give, um, you know, credit to Jordan? No. It was a slightly above average pre- pressure rate, and again, the biggest reason I can't give him. I mean, you know, if if he if he performed really well when there wasn't pressure and just, you know, generally subpar, but there was just a ton of pressure, then you would look at it and go, okay, this is a pressure issue. But that's not the case. He was bad when there was no pressure. Right? So and, and again, he hasn't really seen pressure like at all. So maybe you look at it and go, well, he's just not used to it. He's got to get more comfortable with it. Okay, fine. We can give him time. He doesn't have a lot of time because this isn't baseball, this is football, unfortunately. I wish he had a hundred more games to go. He doesn't. Um, so he's got to kind of, you know, get, get a little bit more rapido with his, uh, his understanding. But, but again, part of the issue is this was his, this was what we saw against the chiefs, right? That was, that was the thing everybody that hated Jordan Love pointed to. And it's like, okay, well, that was a long time ago, whatever. Yeah. That was also the time he saw a ton of pressure and it didn't go very well. Um, so again, I'm, I, my, my whole thing is I had concerns coming into the season and none of those have been abated, if that's even the right word. Um, I uh, I fully accept and hope that he is the guy going forward, but I don't have any information, really, for me anyways. Other people who have different standards and are looking for different things maybe have seen enough from Jordan and think everything's going to be fine, and that's fine. But I, I was very open and honest about what things I need to see, so you know I'm not just making this up and overreacting. I, I explicitly said it back when I was all aboard the Jordan Love train. I said, I'm excited. These are the reasons I'm excited about him. These are the reasons I'm concerned. And the things that I was excited about went bye-bye, and the things that I'm concerned about have never, even at the high times, been uh, rectified. So um, I, I, I hope at least that you can understand why I'm at the position that I'm at. Even if you think that my thought process is faulty, which is fine. You know, you, you, you have a different process to, that got you to a different place. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um I just, I just want to make sure that I'm clear as to how I got to where I'm at and why I'm at where I'm at. 
and then we'll just see how it goes moving forward. And hopefully, hopefully I am an idiot and hopefully I am very, very wrong about all of this stuff and that we improve the offensive line and we get these guys running the right routes and stop dropping passes and start calling more or less creative plays, depending on your position on whether we're doing too much or not enough for Jordan and, uh, everything gets fixed and, and hopefully that is the case, but, um, that's just not my position, obviously. There's just a lot of moving parts here. We got to be careful not to oversimplify. That's not to say like that he doesn't have issues and consistency issues. Cause certainly he has got to work on those. Um, I'm going to call back with my second thought. Well, you and I agree on not oversimplifying. I just feel like you guys are the ones simplifying. <laughs> I'm I'm being very specific in in going through play by play what exactly the issues are. I think oversimplifying would be saying, "Well, they're young. Well, you know, they're you expect some things to some growing pains, and well, there was pressure." Okay, well, that's that's a simplistic look at it. I think a more new or a more complex look at it would be. How much pressure? How did he perform under pressure? How did he perform when there was no pressure? When was there pressure? Why was there pressure? Was there any of the pressure because of him holding onto the ball too long? Um, in those plays when there was pressure, did he have an ability to make a play and didn't? Those are the more detailed um, answers to those questions. I, I think, the again, the simplistic is just saying, well, you know, reasons. That's my position. Hey, Ryan, Kyle from Madison again. Yes. So finish up my thoughts here on love. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's got these consistency issues. The yes. main thing that I'm seeing though, is he had command of that offense. You could had command of the offense had see it in the first couple of games. Yes. Was it a better offensive line performance? Yeah, I guess. I mean, significantly. Uh, let I, me, let me, let me give you some, some details since we want to be very specific and not uh, simplistic. The first three weeks of the season, he was at 20%. He was pressured um, on six dropbacks in week one. Week two, 22%, again, just six dropbacks. Six of his, of his passes out of uh, 27. Week three, 22% again. 11 of his four, 50 passes. Week four... It was 47.6%. And then week five, it was 32%. So it went from 20, 22, 22, almost 50%. And then that was the really, really bad performance that I said we would probably never see again. I say probably now because now I have no idea and no expectations of anything because everything's just falling apart. And then 32%. And again, 32% is higher than optimal, right? I mean, my general thought just kind of poking around the rest of the nfl is 25 percent 20 to 25 is kind of standard i guess so 32 percent is above but not it's not 42 percent right um so was it better in the first three weeks it's not even close it was 20 22 22 50 32 in fact if we just look at the last two weeks he had 20 pressures and 11 pressures so we're looking at 31 pressures compared to 23 the first three weeks. So, yes, the uh, the offensive line play was definitely better um, the first three weeks than it has been the last two weeks. And and week four was horrifically just 
the worst performance ever. And then uh, this past week was an above average amount of pressure, but still a lot worse than the first three weeks. I don't know. I think it's just what he's, it's taken him longer to see stuff because everything isn't working the way it should. And he's getting the yip. And I think that's, that's a fixable thing. Um, but as far as- I don't know that it is though. I feel like that's, that's one of those, there, there are certain characteristics that you worry about, like drops, for example, that you worry are just issues that are not necessarily going to be fixed. Um, not not to say that they never do get fixed, but there I know that there are certain characteristics that are much more concerning because they're much less likely to be coached out of someone. Um, and I feel like panic under pressure is one of the things that's going to be very difficult to coach out of someone. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure somebody else has more data on that, but that's part of my concern with not being able to perform under pressure is I, I don't think that that's one of the more coachable things is, uh, you know, not panicking under pressure and, and being able to control your thoughts and your mind and slow down or whatever. I, and, and, you know, the other thing that annoys me or, or scares me, I guess, is that I thought he was that guy. I thought he was the guy that was patient and calm under pressure and stood in there and took it and, it seems like there's just kind of been a breaking point where, and maybe it was week four that just broke him. And, and, and you know, maybe that is part of the issue. Week four was so horrifically bad that it, it kind of, you know, freaked him out a little bit. And then week three, you started to see things devolve and he just panicked and thought, here we go again, week four, I got to just get on my horse and just start running around and panicking or whatever. And it, it wasn't that bad and he just needs to slow down. You know, I, I don't know. I mean, we again, we can make up stuff about what maybe happened and, why things might get better, I don't know. Um, but I, 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 I don't know. I, I let. I, I guess we can just hope that uh, the pass blocking gets better and he can calm down and we can kind of get back to the way things were. But again, this is always going to make me nervous in the back of my mind. If if there is pressure, things are going to break down. Um, and that's true of of every quarterback to some degree. But but again, it doesn't have to be this bad. Just people. And I don't necessarily mean you. There's been a lot of people just like, I'm out, let's draft quarterback, it's Clifford time. Like, look, man. To be very clear, I'm absolutely not in on the Clifford thing. <laughs> um, and, and again, I'm trying to be as fair as I possibly can because it is unfair to to uh, throw away Jordan Love. Um, and I don't want to do that. But I, but I, again, I do want to be clear and honest. And I always have been probably to a fault on this show. And, 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 my confidence level um, is very low. It just is, and I, I can't help that. And I and I'm you know you can call that panic if you want. I I feel like I'm trying to be as rational as I possibly can. And again, I, I'm trying to be open about my thought process. I came into this less than fifty percent that Jordan was going to be the guy, just because of you know again being a nerd and looking at statistics and saying you know most first round picks quarterbacks are just not going to be great. Even if you call it 50, 50, that they're going to be the guy, much less elite. You know, now we're talking what 5% of first round pick quarterbacks go on to be hall of fame level guys or whatever. Um, so there's just that, that already he's probably not the guy thing. Um, and that, that peaked in the preseason when you started to see his, like you said, command of the offense and everything else. Um, Oh boy. Sorry. I'm watching the London game. That's freaking annoying. I got the kicker and 
what's his nuts on the Titans, and the Titans are just freaking imploding. And I'm going up against Lamar Jackson, and they're just going to gift wrap a bunch of points to Lamar. You bunch of jerks. Yeah, you, idiot. Get out of my life forever. Golly. He's not in my life. Man, here comes my son to make fun of me. He has he he has the Baltimore Ravens tight end, Mark Andrews, too, so he's all happy with his life. But I, I think they're going to kick a field goal. I don't think they Yeah, chances. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they have one second left. Never mind. <laughs> I didn't see that. All right, at least that's good. Anyways, I forgot where we left off. Go ahead. Uh, you know, this, some things are not going to happen, no matter how bad you think it should. And I don't mean you, but just in general. We are not, unless we're in the first or second pick. Oh, right, right. I, I remember now. Yeah, uh, so... um, Look, I... I so I, I was already... I, I peaked in, in, in the preseason when he seemed like he had a bunch of stuff, and now things are just going in the wrong direction. And so, you know, again, based on the way that I'm looking at things, and, and, and again, you know, you can say don't overreact and that's fine, but all, all, I, all I see is, is data and information. I don't necessarily mean stats. I mean, you can watch film and that's still data. That's still information going into your brain. And the more data that comes in, the less likely it feels like He's going to be the guy. It's not impossible. I will acknowledge that. But it was already unlikely. It's just become more unlikely. And every game that goes by, where we see similar performances, and we can blame whoever we want to blame. We can blame the coach. We can blame the offensive line. We can blame the receivers and the tight ends all we want. We can blame the lack of run game. If this level of play continues, he will not be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers moving forward. And and to your point, as is coming up, it seems... Um, you know, we can say, well, we're, we're not going to be in reach of one of the top quarterbacks anyways. Well, maybe, maybe not, but that doesn't really change Jordan Love's fate. You know, to say, well, you know, ha-ha, he's going to get another year anyways. Well, okay, I guess that's that's a ha-ha. But, I mean, ultimately it comes down to, is, is this ever going to get better? And if it doesn't, then I don't know that that's necessarily a positive to be like, well, he's getting another year no matter what. Because we could be in the same position next year. He could play poorly and we still win seven games and we're not within reach of the top two. And we could do this for the next five, six, seven. That's why people get stuck. And then you reach on like the third best, fourth best quarterback instead of one of the top two quarterbacks or something. And then you feel upset about that. And that guy ends up not being the guy. And it becomes this frustrating cycle, which I think is where a lot of the people who want to tank for a quarterback get that from. Because you don't want to get stuck in that cycle of having the 12th pick or something and you know you take the fourth best quarterback and that guy's not the guy and you know whatever although having watched Caleb Williams I don't know if he's the guy either in fact I didn't realize how bad he was under pressure I just went and looked at him at PFF he is horrific under pressure so I don't know if I even want him I I to be honest if the Bears get him I don't know that that's I don't I mean that might be okay although for all I know maybe they're gonna stick with uh what's his nuts but um yeah there, there's a couple other guys doing some stuff in college that I, I, I'm i wondering if there's going to be a handful of quarterbacks since we're kind of semi on the topic, even though I know this isn't specifically the topic you want to talk about. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to actually start, <laughs> it's really going to annoy people. I'm going to start watching quarterbacks because first of all, I never get that opportunity. And second of all, if Jordan Love does come out and ball out next week, this will be my only opportunity because then there's no point to have looked at quarterbacks. So as annoyed as everybody's going to be, I'm going to do it. And it does make sense. Holy crap, it's been an hour? Oh my goodness. How did that happen? Time flies, I guess. All right, let's 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 take one more break, and then we'll finish this and do a couple more calls, because I didn't realize <laughs> we were going this long. We'll be right back, and, and I will not interrupt Kyle again until he's done. Bye-bye.
we're not drafting a quarterback, people. It ain't happening. I'm sorry. Just erase it from your mind. It's not happening. It might happen. Um, they're going to give love. It might happen. Probably all of next year also because he's got way too many tantalizing skills to just give up on. He would have to play that, like, that level, like three, four picks, no touchdowns every game for the rest of the year. Like, it would have to be so bad for them to give up on him at mm. this point. It's just not going to happen. And the same thing with LaFleur. Like, you have a young quarterback who's been in this system four years. There, the chances that they're going to give up on LaFleur and put yeah, love into happen. another system, like, that's pretty much, like, 3% chance. They're not going to do that. Very, I don't know, maybe. But this notion that the Packers are just, Barry, I think's gone. they're going to give up on love and they're, or they're going to give up on LaFleur, like, I mean, you can be frustrated by both of those individuals, and I think that's totally called for right now. But they're that, they're not making a change right now. There's right no now. way. No. If, if you make a change, you're just blowing this whole thing up. You're starting all over. It's not going to happen. Um, I do think, like, a lot of jobs on the line, especially on that line right now. I yeah. think if you're Myers, you probably should be a little nervous because it's not looking good for you unless you get it together. But the notion that we're going to move on, I mean, and then what? You're going to put a quarterback out there next year as a rookie? There's no chance of that. That doesn't fit the window either. Your best chance to win a championship right now is to keep keep playing love so that he can learn on the job. Hope Unless your coaches bad. get better. Hope your rookies get more dialed in and get their heads in the playbook and become more accurate in their routes. Same with your quarterback. That is your basically your only way to a championship next five years. It's not to draft another quarterback and wait three years. You know what I mean? So, hey, let's hope that happens. But they got to give it more time. All right, talk to you later. No, I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, I don't think – I mean, there have been rookies that have come in and played at a pretty high level right away. And, and at the very least, I mean, you're talking about a window of, of five years. By year two, most quarterbacks that are good are going to be good. So, um, look, if Jordan's not the guy, he's not the guy. Um, and I don't think he needs to throw three picks every game for them to assess that. I think if he continues to play at this level, regardless of the picks, I mean, you take away the picks in this game, it was still a horrific performance. Um, and if he continues to, I mean, if we lose to Buffalo, or excuse me, if we lose to Denver on the back of another Jordan Love um, bad performance, even if there's other issues that are also bad, which is going to be the reality of every single game forever. There's never been a game where only one person was a problem, ever. Um, but remember, he has not had a good game all year, not one. And now, now things are now he's going from mediocre to bad. If that continues again, and we lose to this team, it is absolutely blow it up because, like we've been saying, this is find out what we have. It's also find out what we don't have. We have a relatively young team. We are not in a position to be wasting time by let's just give it a few years to figure it out. I think that's counterintuitive. Um, if you don't know what you have in love, fine. I mean, again, I will re reiterate, the GM said we'll know what we have by midseason. It doesn't exactly sound like a GM that's saying we absolutely, under no circumstances, regardless of what quarterbacks are available. And by the way, it's very possible if we continue to lose games that we could be, I don't think we're going to be. I think we're going to win enough games to be kind of out of the reach, at least of the top five. But we could be top ten, you know, six, seven, eight, nine. But still, you know, the top two picks are going to be probably quarterbacks. Maybe, although, again, I don't know what's going on with Caleb or whatever. Um, but, I mean, to, to your point, as far as 
you know, we're, we're not going to be in a position. Well, we might not be, but that that's not necessarily a, a win for the team or a win for Jordan if Jordan isn't the guy. And again, I, I, we can't just assume that on-the-job training is going to fix everything because for 98% of quarterbacks that have suited up in the NFL, that's not the case. It's not the case that if you just play long enough, you become the guy. The vast majority of quarterbacks are never going to be the guy. They're going to be uh, you know, mediocre to subpar to terrible backups or third string or just out of the league type of guys. Um, and you need to continue the search. So, you know, I think the worst thing you can do is stick with somebody for too long. Um, and the, and the Packers do hang on generally for a long time. And sometimes that works out great. Sometimes it's, you know, something that should have been done a long time ago. And I don't, I mean, I don't know the situation. I'm not saying that I know that we need to move on. We'll have to continue to assess as we go on. And, and yes, he's going to get all year and he should get all year. Um, there's, there's no better options anyways, but I'm not going to sit here and say that I know that by the end of the year, we're not going to be sitting here saying we need a new quarterback. Cause I'm saying right now, based on his play right now, we need a new quarterback. Um, you know, I, I, and again, that may change. We'll see if he gets better then he gets better. But um, if this continues, uh, there's no no doubt in my mind that, that we would need to at least consider that, especially if we're within reach of some good quarterbacks. And who knows how that's going to pan out. I mean, there, there could be guys within the top 10, top 15 that are that are considered first-round viable quarterbacks. And then it's a question of how bad was Jordan Love? Is it just questionable? Um I don't know. And then, and, you know, and, and, and maybe they do want to give him the benefit of the doubt if they do start to see some of the positives or whatever. But but again, there's almost none right now as far as positives for Jordan Love. Uh, we saw positives early, but but you can also see how easily those positives go to zero, right? You can make those positives go away by providing pressure. Well, that's not good enough, right? It's not like, well, if we can just build the most perfect offensive line ever, then he can be like 50% the guy. So, um, you're right. We shouldn't give up on Jordan Love, and we certainly shouldn't be talking about replacing him this year, and we definitely, definitely shouldn't be talking about Sean Clifford because that's just silliness, and that I think is just either overreaction, emotional nonsense, too much belief in Sean Clifford, or probably people that have just hated Jordan Love all along that that would just love to see him replaced because then they can say, ha-ha, um, which... I, I absolutely do not want that. I want Jordan Love to prove that he's the guy. But again, I, I have nothing to base any positive things on. It's just it's just not good right now, right? And and again, Jordan Love seems to be the only guy we can't do that with. Right? We've seen a lot of positive from Josh Myers. We really have. But we we've seen some negative and just a little bit the last two weeks as far as as far as like the pass block. And I think even last week he graded out really positively. But everybody's positive. He needs to go. Same with Runyon. We're, we're suddenly positive he needs to go. Like we, These are guys we've seen positives from. A.J. Dillon was graded as like a top 10 running back for two years and is having a really bad year, and, and it's like, we, well, we know he's got to go. Jordan has never been good, and he has not had a good grade this entire year, passing or otherwise. Not one. It's been nothing but bad, and we're not allowed to even entertain it, that maybe he needs to be replaced. I mean, if you want to say he, he needs to, two years, I guess. And if he was a true rookie, I think that that would necessarily be true. But you also have to wonder about whether or not that's true and whether the Packers feel like maybe he doesn't need that 
extra year because he's had a lot of training, you know, on the job training as it is. Now, if you want to say it's not on the job, whatever, but a lot of the stuff that a rookie quarterback maybe wouldn't necessarily know, like having a command of the offense. I mean, what 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 else is there for him to learn? You know everything inside and out. It's just can you execute? And I think that's something we got to consider for Jordan is maybe that's the criteria for him that's different than a lot of other rookie quarterbacks. You know, you can't execute, but you don't understand what I'm asking of you yet. You don't understand how to read the defense. You don't understand what I need you to do in this offense. Jordan knows all that. Inside, out, backwards, upside down, left to right, right to left. He knows it. It's just, can you go out and do it? I'm not saying I know, but but I, I, I don't think it's true to say that there's no chance. I think that there is a chance. And I think if they're in striking distance, they're... they're if Jordan continues this way and we have a top five pick, you should expect a quarterback to be taken. That's all I'm going to say. Everything beyond that is nuanced, and, and we'll have to see how it goes when we get there. Goose, what's going on, man? Hey, Ryan. Goose here. I'm just calling because I'm getting a little bit roasted out here for Uh-oh. criticizing Jordan Love. Tell me about it. Um, I just want people to be understanding of the fact that you can support someone and still be critical of their performance at the same time. I don't want our fan base to be like the delusional Bears fans who are, oh, yeah, he's just going to magically turn the corner. Right. Oh, he played one great game. He He's going to be MVP next year. Well, let's not do that. Yeah, and, and to be fair, at least we're not talking king of the north, best quarterback. and We're not seeing that from the fan base, but there is a lot of parallels between the excuse making, right? I mean, I again... It, Say what you want about me, but you can't say I'm not consistent. Because how many times did I rip on Chicago Bears fans for, you know, saying stupid stuff about, well, if they just fix the offensive line, and if they could just get this, and if they could just, then he's going to be great. And it's like, yeah, that's that's all nice, except for the part where even when you isolate those factors, he's still bad. I I, I just would not allow any excuses for Justin Fields. So... Maybe I'm an unfair D-bag and I was unfair to Justin Fields. And a lot of people thought I was, even Packer fans, thought I was unfair to Fields. And fair enough. If I was unfair to Fields and I was unfair to Fields, and maybe I'm being unfair to Jordan Love. But I, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll let you say it because I've been saying the same thing for a long time, Goose. Let's be honest in our assessment of Love. So far, what he's put on film has not been good enough. Correct. He's shown some good things. He's shown resilience. He's yep. shown that he does know this offense, yep. but he's shown a lot of bad. He's shown that he seems to crumble under pressure. And and to add on to that, despite his command of the offense and despite his resilience and ability to come back in the second half, it's still bad, right? So it's kind of like when people point out, like, well, you should be more positive. Look how look, he's the number one quarterback in the second half. That's not really a positive, right? Because when you look at, how bad the the stats and everything else are overall, the fact that you can be number one in the second half, what does that say about your first half performance? Right? I mean, I, I, and again, Fields fans used to do this all the time too. Like, well, he's he is like the third best quarterback against playoff teams. Okay, so what do you think that means about him against non-playoff teams? It's probably freaking horrible. So, I mean, come on, man. He's shown that he cannot make the deep throws. His accuracy is absolutely suspect. And his continued completion percentage of always being under 60% 
is a problem. It, it can't stay like that. Right. You're not going to succeed in this league completing less than 65% of your passes. Right, and even I was making excuses for that, right? I, I was looking at it and talking about, you know, well, there's a lot of deep passes, and you got to factor that in, even though, you know, still even all things considered, it's still bad. But, you know, I mean, th- th- there's there's reason to believe, there's reason enough to believe that that, that can and, and will improve, and it's not. And, you know, again, we're, we're quite a ways into the season. This isn't one game or two games or even three games. I mean, to, to be this consistent in something that's that bad, like, I mean, it, it's one thing if you were, like, bottom three in a week, but it's just one week. If you're bottom three every week for five weeks, that's, that is very concerning. Consistently. It, it, it's not good enough. That's not to say that he can't do it. Right. But his time to prove that he can do it is running out. Exactly. We get to week, I don't know, 12-ish. And he's still at the same place that he is now. Then it's time for him to lose a job. Put Clifford out there. Not that I think Clifford's going to be the guy, but give him a chance before we go into this draft. And again, I I do disagree only because I don't think Clifford is the guy, and I and I don't think that was ever really the intention for him to be the guy. I get what you're saying, like let's not run out and grab a quarterback if we have the guy. And maybe I'm being unfair to Clifford, but dude's not the guy. And if we draft a guy and it turns out he actually is, and we got lucky and he's the next uh, Brock Purdy, Tom Brady, then aw shucks, I guess we kind of messed up and we shouldn't have drafted a quarterback. We should have got a wide receiver or something for for Clifford, but. Um, I, I, I think Jordan gets, I, I agree that by, by about week 12, if this continues or, or maybe even not that far, but, uh, that's, that's going to be pretty much it for me. I'm, I'm, I'm more or less going to be all the way out. And, and if he ends up proving that in year two or year three, if he's even given that chance, which I doubt he will be, then, uh, then I guess I just take a massive L, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, it's, it's a 0.01% chance. And if that hits, right, if you hit the lottery, congratulations. I guess I'm an idiot. You should play the lottery. Everyone should play the lottery, right? That's the brilliant thing to do because one guy did, and his perspective is playing the lottery is great, obviously. Um, but but you also have to remember, like, we're talking week 12. That's that's basically just doubling the amount of games he's played, right? He's, he's played five. It'll be week 11 when he plays another five games. It's not a lot of time, man, and we're well past mid-season at that point so yeah he gets he's played five he gets another five-ish before you know and, and listen if, if he plays five and three of them are great or we even if we start to see like he has his first really good game this week yes it's buffalo why do i keep calling him freaking buffalo <laughs> i am looking at the buffalo bills on tv right now but still i don't know why i keep calling him buffalo who is it denver denver broncos kind of a similar animal right i guess horse buffalo bill which isn't an animal it's kind of a weird thing it's you are the bills which i think is like it's it's about the dude bill but you use the animal of the town although i think it is buffalo bill so i guess it kind of makes sense but it's still it's like buffalo bill wasn't a buffalo buffalo's the town so you put the logo of the town and not the actual thing that represents although the same with the chargers right the chargers were like a horse like it was it was like cavalry charging and then they used a lightning bolt i think i don't know it's weird 
What are we talking about now? Oh, yeah. If he comes out and and let's say he has like a, a even a 75 grade, like, okay, it's not the greatest, but you know what? We came out of the bye. He had his first good grade. If you want to disagree, he's had good games, fine. But from PFF standpoint, he has not. You know, when you look at through four quarters, it's kind of hard to argue that he's had a good game. Then you can kind of look at it and go, okay, maybe we're turning a corner here. And, and if he has three good games out of five, now it's like, okay, well, that's that's not terrible, right? Not only are we trending in the right direction, but we went from zero to, you know, zero out of five to three out of five. There's there's every reason to believe we can keep trending in that direction. Maybe it becomes four out of five, and suddenly we got a good quarterback. And hey, maybe in the next five games, we could have three out of five, but one of them's like an 80 or a 90. You know, we're, we're kind of moving in that right direction. But yeah, if we have five more games and it's, you know, the only good game maybe is this week and the rest are 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, you know, 60s or worse, I just, it's not, it's not good, man. And sell the farm to get ourselves a quarterback because the worst time to need a quarterback is when you don't have a quarterback. Yep. I'm rooting for love. I want him to be the best quarterback in this league. I want it in the worst way. I want it because it's what's best for the Packers. I want it because it'll make Bears fans cry. Yes. And I want it because of all the people who hated love right from the get-go and never gave the guy a chance. Right. And who hate Gutekunst because he followed the correct process. Right. And and that's the thing. Like, you say, like, well, you're just being emotional. Do you know how much I'm taking it on the chin right now by going after Jordan Love? I have been going after Bears fans for so long. Like, this is a bad look for me that Jordan Love is bad. Not that I've ever said he was going to be great. But, I mean, I, 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 and I don't want to directly accuse anybody of this, but I do wonder how many people are kind of doing it for this reason. Like, I came out and was talking a big game about Jordan Love and been talking trash about this and that and the other thing, and, and, and I need Jordan to be good, so I'm going to make excuses because I don't want it to be true. I don't know. But it, it would be much more beneficial for me to just make up BS excuses for Jordan Love because it's not good for me, right? Because I got anti-Goot fans who are up in my face. I got anti-Jordan Love fans that are up in my face. I got Bears fans that are in my face. But you know what? I'd rather just call it like I see it and take it on the chin like a freaking man because that's just how it goes. It is what it is. I'm just going to say what I'm seeing. And if I was wrong about the situation, which, again, I never really was all the way in on him anyways, but um, if, if I was wrong and if this was a terrible pick by Brian Gutekunst and maybe he should have just gotten a wide receiver because, you know, why not? And Maybe we could have won a Super Bowl and all those kinds of things. I don't necessarily agree with that process, but if the evaluation was Jordan Love's not good enough, then it is what it is, right? It was a bad evaluation that he could be the guy uh, potentially, and so there you go. That's 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 not good for me. <laughs> None of this is good. Um, but I I just you know I don't know. It, I, I'm just I'm just calling it like I see it. That's all. I, that's all I ever do here. It's a pretty boring little thing that we do here. I just see stuff, say stuff. You made the wrong pick, but you followed the correct process. But wanting something. Is not the same thing as it being real. Right, exactly. You can't wish cast it to happen. Right. So let's just, let's be realistic. Let's root for the guy, but also acknowledge when he messes up. Yep, and, and that's basically where I'm at. Oh, don't get a touchdown. Take Tackle the man. 
There we go. Get out of bounds. And I'll throw it to my guy for a touchdown. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I mean, you summarized it perfectly, right? I mean, it's, 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 I think people are giving him the benefit of the doubt for a lot of reasons. Sometimes it's, it's for good reasons, which is just based on your own process. You don't think, um, that it, it should be, I mean, in, in other words, if this was completely blind and it had nothing to do with the Green Bay Packers and it wasn't Jordan Love, somebody was just asking you about some other player, this is the same criteria you'd have, you're being completely honest and objective about it, then fine. But I think for some people, um, the the reason that we are employing the standards that we're employing, which is, you know, well, it's not that bad, or well, what about this, or well, what about that, is, as you pointed out, Goose, is sort of wish casting. It's, I'm giving the benefit of the doubt because I don't want it to be true that he's not the guy. Because I want to believe what I thought I saw early in the season, which is he's going to be really good. And we got really excited about it. And we were, and some people, I think, were all in, like 95% he's going to be the guy. And you're not going to let two bad games ruin that, right? Especially when a lot of people are giving you outs on social media, talking about the, the play calling is putrid. And the offensive line was terrible. And guys are running the wrong direction. And so you've got a myriad of... Um, options is it myriad or a myriad i always say a myriad but i think it's i have myriad options i don't know i think we've discussed this already i've got myriad options or a myriad of options however that works and so i'm going to choose to i mean it's kind of like a buffet and it is i mean you've got a buffet of 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 experts which i and i don't even claim to call myself one so if there are people out there that are doing film breakdowns you got kurt bankert who we can call an expert uh, he says that uh, Matt LaFleur's scheme is stale and it sucks, so I, I'm going to believe that Matt LaFleur is the problem. And I again, I still haven't even watched what the QB school guy said, so maybe he's blaming the wide receivers and stuff. So we can look at the experts and we can have our little grab bag, and we got Packer Day and we've got Bukowski and we got uh, John Meerdink and every other podcast in between that I don't know what they're saying, but if they have different opinions, then again, it's just kind of a grab bag. I, I don't like what... The guy over there on Pack. Honestly, I don't even know what Clayton's perspective is. I haven't. I haven't uh, listened to his film breakdown on it. Um, maybe it's Clayton or or somebody else's perspective. There's always a grab bag, and so it's easy to you know if you want something else, I guess, to be true, to find somebody that's saying something that's more palatable and run with that. And and again, I know some people are doing that. I I know some of you are not doing that, and it's just kind of your own personal assessment. But I guess what I'm saying is, if that's what you are doing, don't do that. I know I always say fan how you want a fan, but it's not going to be it's not going to be in your best interest to believe in things that are not true just because you like it for the moment because it's just going to hurt even more. And it's what I've always said to Bears fans. It's just going to hurt more if you continue to believe things that aren't true just because you want it to be true now because it's not going to get better. And it's just going to hurt if you don't slowly ease your way into understanding where we're at because that's what we're supposed to be doing this year, I thought, right? Assessing what we have and what we don't have. It, we, we can't make that assessment or pretend that that's what we're doing if we're not actually going to accurately assess what's in front of us. No point even playing the games if we're just going to make up narratives for why what we're seeing isn't what we're seeing anyways. You know, I mean, is, is the offensive line bad or should we blame uh, butt kiss? I mean, I have no way of doing that. I have no idea what they're talking about, what they're coaching or how, but, but I mean, we can do it. We could just blame the offensive line coach because, I mean, it's an option and it, it could be true. I'm not saying it's not true, but I don't know. Again, it just is what it is. 
And as much as the worst possible thing that could happen is to find out that Jordan Love is bad at football, if that's the way we're trending, then that's the way we're trending. And as long as there is the caveat of, yes, it can change, I don't see anything wrong with saying we are absolutely trending in the wrong direction, and if this continues, we need a new quarterback. Because that's just the reality. That's not even debatable. So, anyways, I suppose an hour and a half is long enough, eh? You guys have a good night. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.